Shut up and sit down. I've got no skills. What do you want to do about it? The day is fine, so I take my bike for a ride. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Can you handle it? Listen to find out. You have no skills and you're a loser! Girls only want boyfriends who have great skill. Yeah, they wind in my face and the sound in my ear feels so good. What what would you say you do here? I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Fondering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Hepler, the mustache till you're just ash. What? Yeah. Want to try again? No. That was, that was <laughs> bad. Uh, sitting his right, we've got a guest with us today. We've got Alan Plank. Alan, welcome back. Hey, thank you very much. I uh, hope you can all see me talking here. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you talking. That's, that's, that's talking good. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's just you and me, Alan. Yeah. All right. What's up, gents? Did you guys have a good weekend? You guys did bike racing, bike racing things. And- we did bicycle racing this weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The food, the calories in my body are just starting to come into my brain. So it's just give it a minute. Give it a minute. In. So, yeah. Um, you guys did some bike racing. So let's do some backpilling. Let's hear it. Who wants to go first? Who's going first? That mustache has got to go first. <laughs> I did. I actually raced four times this week. I raced quite a bit. I went back. I talked about this last week. I did go back down to the Twilight Cyclocross Series down in Springfield, Oregon, near Eugene. And I did what I had talked about doing last week where the races are only like 30 minutes roughly. So I did the 50 plus race and then immediately like seven minutes later did the master one, two race. Nice. <laughs> so like nice. literally finished and it was like the very next wave. So I just rolled right back up to the start and went again. It had rained most of the day. So it was a muddy mess. It was very good. Like mud practice. It, before. it was cyclocross. It was, it was, cyclocross weather <laughs> nice and uh one of our faster 50s decided to show up at this race paul borsier he uh lives down in that area so he decided to show up and so the two of us just went off the front and were having a blast sliding around corners and laughing at each other and still trying to make each other hurt <laughs> and i came flying through the finish you came through the finish line and then to go on an extra lap you had to make these like hard turns and my, I completely slid out on one, like fully. My rear tire lost traction. I did the full on flat spin. So you spun when you hit I the spun. ground. I spun. Nice. I didn't actually like just slide. I actually spun like I did a full 360. While Perfect. I'm laughing audibly and people are making fun of me because as, that's that's what you do. They're so like, Hepler, stay on your bike. <laughs> It was pretty stinking funny, so I had a good time. Uh, I realized that my tire, my rear mud tire, cyclocross tire, was done. I needed a new one. 
So I realized it at that race, which was good because we ended up racing. saw some more mud. We saw some more mud. So that's what else happened. That's where me and uh, Alan both actually raced this weekend. We had the Bridge City Cyclocross races this Saturday and Sunday. Um, Saturday was kind of a precursor uh, race, which was a, a riot. And Sunday were like our age group Obra championship races so most people that came ended up racing both saturday and sunday yeah, i think there was a lot that did both both days they were big races this was it this is a super fun race uh right at oaks park in downtown portland right on the right. willamette river uh which made it interesting and difficult it was uh built by eric tonkin who is a uh who he was out there racing in jeans both days racing jeans and he won his age division Seriously? he, he, yes. pass, he wow. passed me at one point in jeans and i was impressed yeah. <laughs> running actually not, not we were running on the beach jeans right? he was wearing Straight jeans, jeans. Oh, wow. rolled yeah. up rolled up at the bottom so his ankles were showing a he, little bit he put his cross shoes on but he had a t-shirt on and jeans that's awesome <laughs> but i think i think tonkin i don't exactly know what his relationship is with Selwood Cycle. If he's one of the owners, I if, think he is the owner. Is he the owner? I believe, well, there. I'm pretty sure he's ownership. He's, he's ownership. He's in for ownership. Sure. Yeah. So he uh, he's very good at building courses. He got great permission from Oaks Park. Oaks Park is an amusement park, um, and so you know there's a roller coaster and there's a train and there's amusement rides, and we were kind of racing like underneath them and near the parking lot the crazy thing about this course was um it drops down to the willamette river our our we're close enough to the ocean that we feel the tides and that made a difference (laughs) it does make a difference so that when the tides are up the water level comes up it comes up four or five feet or something like that it's it's significant that's a lot yeah yeah and and the water the the edge um the shoreline's not super steep so that change in water level makes a huge difference about the available sand that we can ride on Correct. down on the side of the river, which so changes the course throughout it, the day. It changed the course. So as the day went on, there was more sand or less sand depending on the water level. You might right. be riding through the water or you might be on the sand. So what made the course difficult was that, yes, there was hundreds of yards of sand and some of it was rideable. And much of it... Most of it was not, in my opinion. <laughs> much, much of it was not right. <laughs> my humble opinion. There was a lot of running. There was, there was a lot of running. So my first race I did was the 50-plus race. It was a non-championship event, but we still had 47 people in the race. So it was a big race. Lots of people showed up. Uh, lots of people that don't normally race in the 50-plus because we were all out there uh, just bashing each other. Um, I got a decent start, not great, but the sand really made a difference. There, there was, there was one like 70 yard section of sand that if you got started right, you could actually ride it. And I did five laps and I was only able to ride it twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that sounds about right. Because there was a hard corner coming into it, so you couldn't have momentum going into it. And um, so a couple times I just couldn't get it going and had to hop off and run. And a couple times I was able just to kind of power through it and uh, make it all the way there. Then you cut back up out of the trees, back down into the water of the river, and then you went up a sand embankment kind of and then hit a set of stairs. 
like uh, cement stairs that were one lane wide, like like there half, was no passing here. There was no passing on the stairs. It was like half a bike length wide. You had to like shoulder wow. your bike and pull yourself up the stairs. I thought it was fantastic having that. It did. It did end up playing a difference in my race because. I caught some laugh traffic right at the bottom of it, and it was a 70-year-old guy who I've I've raced with a lot because the 50s and 60s and 70s all end up going together, and I always end up passing him like lap three or four, yeah. and I just happened to catch him right, right there, right there, and I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, let me around, and he was like, nope. nope. Seriously? No, because he was trying to catch, he was in second, and he was trying to catch the guy in first. Uh. So he well, was wasn't going to slow him down if you're like taking him over. I mean, uh, you know, he wanted I, to set his pace though. I'm he, just... and I just you know, um, the, the so this happened twice. I caught him at the stairs both days, Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, I forced my way around. Him. Oh no! <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming, Tad, I'm coming. I just used his name. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. And because um, I know his name, he was not happy with me. I went up and to apologize to him after the race because. I did kind of squeeze myself into a spot where there was no squeezing. <laughs> Basically, get out of my way, Tad. <laughs> yes. It kind of had it kind of had to happen the way the way the course was. There, yeah. were, people did that to me. I did that to other people. I think during and the race as well. It was, they it's had tough. they in the later races they had an Ober official there at the stairs having people wait if faster. If like lap traffic was in the way, like wait. Just, oh wow! So that was that was the plan. It's not often that someone in a race tells you to stop or pull over or get yes, out of the way, right? Because that was like one spot where there was no passing. Yeah. You could not get around somebody. Yeah. So, and there there was a significant difference in speed of different people going up the stairs with the bikes as well. Correct. So you get you get behind somebody that was going a little bit slower, and and gaps develop in front of them. I could I could skip steps and pull myself with my right. arm and yeah. so I was moving pretty fast. A 74-year-old wasn't doing that. 74 years old though is pretty freaking awesome. Out there doing a cyclocross race at 74. I can't even go out there and do a stinking cyclocross race because I'm broken down. (laughs) That's why I went up to him and after I'm like, Tad, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I I really I I kind of shoved my way around you. I apologize to him. He said it's all good. The next day when I caught him, I wasn't quite as in contention. And I just said, Tad, I'm right behind you, but it's all you. Just just there you go. There you go. (laughs) And he was like, he was totally cool with it. And he ended up making the podium. I did not. Anyway, the first day, I ended up taking seventh out of 47 people or something like that. Well done. So I was pleased with that. <laughs> um, immediately after the race, uh, my my back started to ache like crazy. That's what I wanted to hear about. <laughs> you could see it. It was very apparent. I couldn't, like, walk right I couldn't walk standing up straight. So bad that Mrs. Hepler said, Lance, you will not be racing tomorrow. So, <laughs> so I go right. home and she's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, well, she goes, wait, you don't look good. And I'm like, I don't feel good. I'm going to go sit in the hot tub for a while. And so that night she's like, e-, she goes, what are you going to do about tomorrow? I'm like, well, I'm just going to wake up and go down there. She's like, no, you're not. You're not going to race. You are not doing this. And so Sunday morning, um, I, I got up and left the house before she was out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
did you get a text message when uh, she awoke and noticed that you were gone? You know, uh, my wife knows me, uh-huh. so she did not. She just was like, that friggin' idiot went back down there. She didn't. She just didn't say anything. She kept all her negative comments you to You didn't herself. tell her you're fine when you're on the bike, right? It's just off the bike that it your back hurts. It's just off okay, the bike. Let's find out if there was an I told you so moment. Carry on. Uh, yeah, well, anyways, I got down there. Once I started riding the bike, I loosened up quite a bit. When I lined up for the race, a whole different story. I was like ready to go. It like it did not. I didn't feel like it slowed me down at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but I did the race, and um, yeah, I was terrible last night. <laughs> I couldn't sleep last night. The good thing is, this is not like nerve pain. It is muscle pain. So, what are you doing this afternoon, Lance? What are you going to be doing for the next, oh, I don't know, six hours, seven hours? Uh, yeah, I'm driving to Utah. You sit in a car and just, just sit in a car and drive. drive. <laughs> that ought to feel just fantastic. Yeah, I didn't do any of it right. So, the race, however, um, it was, I raced, so it was the 50 to 54 age group because yep. that's how USA Cycling does it, is five year age groups. <laughs> And it's all the one, twos, threes, and fours. So no, no elite race, no category races. It was just age group racing. So that meant in my 50 to 50 age group, there was five, four guys that all normally race like master one, two or open one, two. Yeah. That were in our race. Legit. Yep. They were legit. And they just, they, they smoked me. I barely cracked the top 10. I was ninth. In the race. Did Paul win? Paul Borsier? Paul Borsier won. So the guy I battled with on Tuesday. Yep. And we had a blast with, he ended up winning. Uh, Danny Weichel was second. I saw that. Yep. He is 49, him. so his race, race cross rage is, is 50. And Shannon Skerritt, the former pro, he uh, he was third. Wow. So uh, Danny rallied pretty good. He has not had a good start to the year, but he's... He was feeling better good. on uh, Sunday, so good for those guys. So guys that I normally battle with, uh, Rick Metz, he just he was eighth right in front of me. Me and Terry Hamness battled for like a couple laps. He was ahead of me for Terry a while. Terry is getting faster it. and stronger. I love it. Uh, we we were just having a blast. Yeah. The two of us. We were we kept trading positions and we're like coming through and people were like. Yeah, we were watching on the sidelines and eat different one of you in front each time. Yes. It was, it was fun to see. It, <laughs> it was, was fun. Awesome. We kept battling back I think and he's forth. He's quietly got you in his crosshairs. I'd, oh, I'd be watching out. <laughs> I I would be honored. I what I don't want to do, I don't want to gift it to Terry. Yeah. Make I him want him to, of course. I yeah. want him to work for it and beat me. And he's gonna do it. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He's gonna give yeah. me. So it was funny. I was ninth. Terry was tenth. Uh, Mike Hamness was eleventh. I saw that Mike yeah. did really well. He did really well. He beat well. some names. I was like, "Good on you, Mike." Um, the Mike's a, Mike's a bigger guy, and that helps in the sand. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So because if, if you can get down, you know, and get traction, it it helps. So, huh. super fun day. I mean, Bridge City was fantastic. Um, I don't know, but I I couldn't sleep last night, and I still can't stand up straight today. So, and you're going to Utah to go visit your son, but you're going there probably more so to well, not more so, just as equally to do more cyclocross racing. Is that going to have any? Uh, any yeah. bearing on this whole back issue, you think? I don't know. We'll we'll see. If it's muddy, if it's dry, yeah, um, the race will be great. Fine, yeah. If it's 
but the courses in Utah tend to not be as technical. Yeah. I'll just say that. Okay. So I'll go down there and warm up and, and what am I talking about? If I pull a bike out of the You're fan, gonna I'm going to race. <laughs> Sweet. So anyway. How about you, Owen? How'd, the, how'd this past weekend go uh, for you? Yeah. So I raced, I guess I'd call it like two and a quarter times. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I'm not going to leave out oh, the other I one. I forgot oh, the other one. Uh, I'll leave that for, I'll let Alan talk about that. I, I totally to forgot about, about that. That, yeah. that was yeah. the funnest thing it of the weekend. Anyway. All right. So, uh, so I raced the uh, Cat 3 35 plus on Saturday at Bridge City. Um, and there were 39 people that started the race. Uh, and it was, it was exciting. It was fast. Uh, some of the guys that have been racing the harvest cross, uh, in that category didn't show up some of the, some of the front, uh, leaders of the, that series. There. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, but there were still some fast people out there. Uh, I managed to pull in fourth. Oh, on wow. The race. Well done. Um, I really wish, I really wish that I'd had my GoPro set up because I have a little session camera that I can mount on my bike. And, uh, at one point going into the sand down at the river on the first time, uh, I, did a somersault uh, with my bicycle because uh, there was a big pit like right as you enter the sand there's a big hole and it just got bigger and bigger so I, I did a somersault but I managed to grab a hold of my bike in the roll and stand up and just run with it yeah. got tons of cheers from everybody on the sidelines down there people absolutely loved it I wish I'd got it on video uh, but it was a lot of fun I ended up running the sand pretty much every time I, I tried to ride it once in the pre-ride and it just wasn't happening so race that uh, and then uh on i guess moving to saturday afternoon uh we did the uh, relay the there first it was a team relay the has, first ever obra cyclocross team, team relay. relay have you seen yeah. this in general anywhere i don't i mean we've done it at short track we did before short track. It's, it's a blast but have you guys no. ever seen this in cyclocross before i've never seen it anywhere do you think it's going to be a thing it should Dude, be it was so much fun everybody was engaged people stuck around just and to that watch was the, the race point right there was people yeah. stuck around and watched the faster races we we ended up having two teams sure. so it was it was teams of four everybody did one lap uh-huh and we had, there were seven of us who stuck around to do the race. We had to recruit one others because a lot, because some people did leave. Yeah. But, um, but we, <laughs> it was, was a Le Mans start. It was a Le Mans start. <laughs> With our teams, we didn't stack one team and have, we didn't have like an A team and a B team. Sure. We split our team evenly sure. so we could like race each other. Sure. So just to make it fun. Because how many different teams were there? There, there was like I don't 25 different teams. There were quite You're a few. kidding there me, were that many? There were a oh lot. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, right, we all we all line up at the start. Oh, I, I don't see the team relays not in here. Anyway, we all line up at the start, and and Eric Tonkin, he's like, you know what? We're going to do a Le Mans start. Everybody drop your bike. So, you know what a Le Mans start is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you have to leave – you leave your bike in one spot, and he makes us go somewhere else, and and we have to run – to get your bike to, to get, get on your and bike go. and yeah. get on it and go which is hilarious so it's, at this point i was like man lance should not be going first for our group with his yeah, back feeling I, the way it is i'm not i'm already like <laughs> but you were the one that's I was out there first yeah, yeah. And okay so before we start who was on your team and who was on the other team well we did it what we did we hadn't really decided yet at this point <laughs> what we did is we we paired everybody up of equal ability so me and terry were paired up so we both went first so I went first, Terry went first. And then the next team was uh, was John Hatfield. John Hatfield and myself. And yourself, yeah. which are pretty similar. Yep. And so 
whoever got there first, it was just like you pass off to the dial guy who's in front of you. That was it. <laughs> so it was we didn't like set the team sure, beforehand. Sure. It was just like okay, the you next had a little guy. bit of autonomy there yeah, yeah. based on how we're doing. But okay, right. so carry on. So they decide to do this Le Mans start, and uh, I had been standing on the front row. And so I just left my bike propped up next to a stake, and everybody else laid their bikes down. <laughs> Hit it running. And um, so it worked. It, it worked. So Tonkin's like, okay, we didn't, he didn't know where to have a start. So he's like, you all just have to follow me. And so he's like, they blow the whistle. We all start running. I'm chasing after Tonkin. And he just then eventually pointed us right back towards the start. It was only like a 40 yard run. Sure, it sure. wasn't, it was short. But because my bike was standing up against a stake right on the front row, Boom, I grabbed it with my hand. I, I got like a 10-second lead on the whole field. Lance out front for the for the start. <laughs> yeah, so it was like it, it took half a lap before one of the one-two guys caught me. You know, like uh, okay. Andrew Coe is uh-huh. the guy who caught me, who's legit. And I'm just laughing because they're like, oh, Lance is out to a hot. And I'm I'm just laughing. It was just, I'm like, okay, how, how far can I hold him off? And sure enough, Andrew Coe catches me, and I'm like, I knew it was just a matter of time, man. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. So then uh, I decided to take the handoff from Lance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I got the chip from him, uh, went out and did my fastest lap of the day right. by like seven or eight seconds, right. just all out, everything I had. Uh, I, made, think, I think I came in in fourth and Alan passed two more teams. So Alan ended up handing off and we were in second. We were in second place yeah. when I handed off. So I made Sweet. some passes. It was pretty exciting. Uh, and then I handed off to um, Chris Hitchcock. Chris. Yep. Yeah, I think Chris and, Hitchcock and who and Stefan first. Stefan. Yes. Yeah, Stefan was the other okay. was the, the other, other team. Yeah. Yep. And so they went around, and then Paul and. And then Paul, and then, uh, yeah, Paul Micah. first was our last guy. And then Micah Sardell from Co-Motion. Okay. Um, he's a Eugene guy. We sure. just, like, recruited yeah. him. Yep. Zay, like, you're going to race with us. Yeah, you're going to race with us. <laughs> we need, we need, we need an eighth. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. all right, I'll do it. So, so our teams ended up seventh and 14th. Yeah, I think uh, something like it that. was your mom.com factory racing that won. <laughs> it was a bunch yeah. of juniors. Yeah, and they were seriously fast. your mom. They were, they were fast. <laughs> your mom.com. Their their average, they they all rode like six thirties, which is oh, wow. twenty five seconds faster than than my fastest lap. My so fastest was lap like, yeah. was like six fifty, and yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, and they were doing like seven. Yeah. Yes. Okay, going back. Well, I, Alan still needs to talk about his race, but what was the premier race of the day on both? I mean, obviously, it's going to be your. They didn't have an elite the first day. So no, they yes. did. They did have an elite the first day, just not the second day. They had a. They had an elite a open one two the first on, day on the first day. Who won that race? That was Henry Nadell won that race. Um, he's the guy who's been living in Bend. He's actually from Durango. He's actually a mountain biker, but he's been toying with um, cyclocross this year, and he's been winning every race he's been doing. Pretty stinking strong, yeah. obviously. He's pretty strong. And what about the second day? What was the the big race of the day where the biggest hitters were at? Um, everybody raced in their own category, the their groups. own age group. Yeah. So the category didn't matter. It was all about age. Was there one particular race that was the biggest? I know that the the Masters feels generally a little bit bigger than everybody else, but was yours probably close to the biggest? There was only 30 in my 50 to 54. The five-year age group still had 30 people in it. Um, they, they did have a single speed race sure. on Sunday and lots of people did that. I can imagine that was the pretty... The single speed was big and that, that's where a lot of fast people were as well. Huh. So yeah, it, there were like... 
legit races all day long because it was all age group. Okay. So it was just so, kind of fun to watch in general, right? It was. It was. Okay. It was cool. So tell us about your uh, your state championship race. Alan. So then uh, the state championship race, I was in the uh, 35 to 39 category. There sure. were 20 of us. Uh, and same thing, all the categories mixed together. Um, so uh, Stephen Hartzell ended up winning that one. Yeah. And he's really fast. Uh, he actually almost lapped me uh, by the end of the 40 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I still pulled out eighth there. So it was, it was pretty well exciting. Which yeah. is fantastic. It was, uh, it was a, a significantly harder race on Sunday because it rained a ton uh, Saturday evening. Yes, and and was still pretty wet. Did they change Sunday. the course layout at all? Just just minor, l- minorly. Gotcha. Yeah, but the uh, there were some muddy sections, kind of muddy on Saturday that were just swamps. They were just peanut butter yeah. on Sunday, yeah. and like some off camber stuff that was all rideable on saturday and was not rideable on sunday because yeah. it was all chewed Just up a mess yeah. yeah so for a lot of people that don't know alan alan is well he, he kind of started this whole like bike racing thing in triathlon and he's kind of dipped his toes in the water of road racing he's done some cyclocross racing have yeah. you done any mountain bike yet uh i did uh a six-hour race in Prescott last year. Okay. While I was while I was oh cool gallivanting around the country. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was brutal. You have to pick one discipline for the rest of your life. Which one's it going to be? Oh, We're going to put you on the spot, my uh, friend. It would be cyclocross. Would it be, yeah. cyclocross? Yeah, it would be cyclocross? So you would ditch triathlon for would, that? Yeah. I'm, you hear that, Matt yeah. and Evan? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Another one converted. Uh, <laughs> it, the atmosphere around a cyclocross race is you just it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It's it's big. I'm just surprised that it's not everywhere and it's not bigger than it actually is because it's not hard to come up with a place to have a cyclocross race like a road race that's not easy criteriums are becoming more and more difficult um right circuit races are tough it's not that that people don't want to do them but it's just hard to find municipalities will let you actually do that with a cyclocross race you can just let your imagination run wild you can come up with some pretty cool stuff in a pretty mundane place yeah small so, spaces yeah so they really just, squeeze these in yeah i'm just surprised that they aren't bigger than they are because i mean i had heard of it before i moved to washington and nobody like oh yeah i know what cyclocross is and i've heard of it and i've maybe seen a race or two on tv but you've never been immersed in it and then i moved up here and i was like oh good lord why isn't this everywhere right yeah it's it's a lot of fun a case in point uh i'm gonna go to utah this weekend and i will race the 45 plus masters division sure. and there'll probably be 15 people yeah or 20 people in the in the race is what i'm guessing Uh whereas this saturday just in portland we had 47 yeah so and i think over the past five six seven years it's seen a slight decline here in the area if i'm not mistaken i mean it's still like the biggest thing on the calendar all year long in terms of participation yes but the numbers are down slightly and i don't know if that's just because there's so many different things out there in the world to choose from or maybe it's just not necessarily run its course but i don't know there's something but it, it should be bigger than it actually is nationwide you would think it's really big in the northeast as well massachusetts vermont that area but um yeah it's it just hasn't it hasn't quite caught on everywhere but maybe it will yeah if you're listening to this go pick up a a bicycle you can go you alan started on a mountain bike and just go try it go watch it go do it it's it's that time of year if you can find one locally go out there and do it so cool beans 
We had lots of teammates out there too. Um, oh yeah, tell me about some of the notable. Uh, oh well, we had uh, our own uh, Tiger Westerfield won the uh, what is it under twenty three the he nineteen the, to twenty three yeah the U twenty three which was nineteen to twenty three age group um, for the national for, for, for the state yeah. championship. Oh, good job, Tiger. Got himself uh, an Obra jersey. Paul first. Paul won the twenty. 23 to 29 division. Really? Yes. So good for him. Good Lord. Of course, Whitney Hayden <laughs> won the 10 to 13 year old girl division. Yeah. But she, she's 10. Didn't she win both days? She won both days. Correct. Yep. Whitney, good job. Um, yes, we had we had a lot of good performances. So gotcha. I know I'm forgetting somebody. But uh, forgive me. <laughs> well, if we uh, if we circle back later on with some names, we'll we'll, we'll give you that opportunity. Um, hey, we interrupt this uh, normal <laughs> triathlon takeover with the Champ Bailey news special. Champ Bailey, are you here with us today, buddy? Champ Bailey is here. Champ Bailey, right here in the house. There's a lot of news today. There's a lot of news. A lot of different things going on, and we were. We would normally do the triathlon takeover this week, but breaking news again, if you haven't if you've been hiding under a rock, there's not going to be a world championship race this year. They're going to push it to next year, and there'll be two of them next year, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yes. Okay. So the Ironman World Championships in Kona is not being held here in October. It is being pushed to May. May 7th. May 7th, and it is going to be in St. George, St. George. Utah. That's right. So no race. I, You know, traveling to Hawaii is complicated right now, and I think they just didn't want to overcomplicate it anymore, right? You know, I didn't see the uh, the reasoning behind yeah. it, but I, I get it. Yeah. So uh, that's happening, and then they're also going to do the, the World Championships again. In October. In is October the plan. is the plan. Back on the Big Island. Back at Kona. But they're going to be um, dividing the women's race and the men's race. The, That's right. The separate women, days. Separate days. Women are going to go like on Wednesday and the men are going to go on Saturday. It's something like that. And half the age groupers will be split amongst the two days as right. well. Right. The splitting up of the age group is an interesting thing. So we'll see how that plays out uh, with the different... Different age groupers Definitely racing on different, different days in different conditions, right. possibly. Right. Yeah. So enough of that triathlon stuff. Let's uh, let's talk about some other breaking news. What's going on in the world of cycling? Do you want to? Uh, there's there's a couple races to talk about. There's World Cup cyclocross racing, and there's Il Lombardia. Which do you want to hear about? Uh, let's talk about the bike racing. Let's just get that out of the way real quick, and then we'll jump into some of the more. Uh, detailed so il lombardia big uh classic uh state or not stage wait, race. wait 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 hold on hold on ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention <laughs> i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying <laughs> news oh. story <laughs> wow and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen okay all right what's oh, going man. on guess who won il lombardia oh geez tade pogacar that's correct <laughs> <laughs> Pogaccia wins again, he huh? He wins again. This was a 260-kilometer race, so big, long race sure. again. And, um, uh, yeah, near on the very last climb, he pulled away on the last climb and then held it for the descent. He got caught by one guy who was with him. He's uh, He was a, a quick-step rider. Uh, oh, 
Fausto Masnada. See, I didn't even, I didn't even know his name. So is that what's roughly 150 miles? Yeah, ish, something like that. And so the other guy was sitting on Tajay Tade. I'm Pogacar's Pogacha. What am I doing? Tade Pogacha. Tade Pogacha's. He was sitting on his wheel, waiting to to like jump him for the sprint. Yeah. And Pogacha just rode him off his wheel. Who is the rider from Team Enios? Who won before um, Egon Bernal? What's his name, Lance? Wait. The last Ineos rider to win before um, before Bernal. You mean Chris Froome? No, after Froome. Oh. What's um, his name? Wait, I'm I'm blanking. (laughs) Englishman? Oh. Oh, uh, Garrett Thomas. Thomas. Oh, he said it right. <laughs> Instead of Geron. <laughs> yeah. I, I say Geron or Garrett. I just call him, Evan just calls him G like he's his yeah. best friend. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Just going to have a little fun with you. So you, just one of them. I, can, I can't say anything right. Oh, uh, anyway. So, so Todar Pagacar. <laughs> Todar Pagacho. <laughs> He, wins again. He wins oh, again, gotcha. which is which is pretty incredible. Yep. So good for him. Um, there was another group like 50 seconds back, but still, he was way off the front. Then we had cyclocross racing, the first World Cup sure. racing in uh, Waterloo, Wisconsin at yep. the Trek Factory. So on the grounds of the Trek Factory. So super fun. We've already had a couple of um, big cyclocross races, but this is the first World Cup race. Sure. So... All the hitters from Europe showed up at this. They have not been coming to all the other um, U.S. Pro Series that they, that races we've been having. All the hitters? Um, all but the three that you really care about. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's only there's three that are probably not going to race for the next month or so, and that is Vanderpool, Vanderpool, Wout Van Aert, and Pitcock, Tom Pitcock. Yep. Yes, those three are going to take some rest, and they should take some rest. Probably need it. They probably need it. They've ah, been, they're young. They've been racing. They got for special so stuff long. to help them recover oh my quickly. Gosh, I don't know how they're doing that. Anyway, so uh, you know, everybody else showed up, and uh, in the men's race, uh, Ellie Easterbit won. He started very, very well last year as well before he was injured. Um, men's was pretty crazy. It had been dry most of the day, and it started to pour rain during the men's race. So there ended up being many, many crashes people swapping bikes to move to their mud lots of them started on file tread bikes and then swapped um to bikes that had mud tires on them because conditions so here's a question let's say that you've got a bike in the pit and it doesn't have the right wheels but maybe you've got another bike out in the car can somebody run out to the car and take that bike so you can just have like multiple bikes coming in and out of there i i think what they have is they have multiple bikes in the pit and multiple sets of wheels in the pit with different tire conditions there's no true limitation or nothing that's going to be i don't exactly know what the uci rule is there but uh, and i everything has to be like measured before sure because there's tire width limitations yep, yep. so everybody has to be everything measured so anyway cool the uh the first american was carrie werner he was 14th uh-huh. in that race which is actually a fantastic result for an american cyclocrosser okay. in a world cup so good on him uh the women's race 
was much more exciting because three people got away. Uh, uh, Mariana Voss from Jumbo Visma, who just did Perry Roubaix a week ago. Yeah. And Lucinda Brand, the, um, f- the, the current world champion, and... Uh, and then also Denise Betsema, who also who always hot start. So those three were were battling um, right near the end, and Lucinda Brand was in the front, and um, I, I believe Mariana Voss like got around her like literally with like thirty seconds to go in one of the corners and ended up winning the race wow. like just out sprinter. Local hero, Clara, local hero, was she there? Clara, yes, she was there. She ended up twelfth. Okay. Which is not too bad. So huh. for the American. Oh, I forgot to say, um, Felipe Nystrom. He was there and he raced in that, didn't he? He raced in the elite race. Wow. He he got so Costa Rica because he's like their national champion. He was able to get pull in, some strings, to pull some strings race. to get into the UCI race. Yeah. So that's awesome. He finished it. Uh, where he was, he, he was dead last. Was he? He was dead last. I mean, I can't even sit on. I can't hang with Felipe in hardly anything, and he he got like crushed by all the Europeans there. But that's the so, jam, man. That's, that's the jam. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I mean, he's good at cross. That's not his like sweet spot. I think his sweet spot is on the road. Correct. But yes. he races everything. But he just races everything. Yeah. He, I, mountain bikes, uh, cyclocross, sure. gravel, um, road. He just races everything. Yeah. So just fantastic so, for him. It was just cool that he actually got into in, the World Cup yeah, race. Yeah, race there. There was only yeah. 43 racers, Slots, and he yeah. had number 43. So he started <laughs> at the very back of the yeah. field. So pretty awesome that he was there and got to do that. So Cool. Anyway. Um, that's enough racing news. That's enough? Champ out. Champ out. In <laughs> uh, other news. In other news. Cannondale. Oh, Do we want to talk about go. that? Do you want to talk about what happened, what was announced this morning from Cannondale? Probably should. Alan, you want to tell us? Should. Uh, Do you have that up? Man. Cannondale was sold. Their parent company, um, what was the name of the parent company? Again, I don't have that article. I know that their cycling sports group is the name of the organization or the the company here. That's their outward facing, but there's a parent company that actually owns that. Cervelo's parent company is called Pawn. Okay. P-O-N. Purchased bike. The parent company of Cervelo, which also envelops um, the GT bicycles, swim bicycles, and I think there was a maybe a, a something else that might have been a part of that deal, but this the, is very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of layers to this There's onion. A lot of layers. But, but they bought the whole stinking on. onion and the whole thing's going over to Cervelo's parent company. Cervelo's parent company bought out Cannondale's parent yeah. company. Yeah. And so, but it also includes Schwinn, GT, uh, Santa Cruz bikes, Gazelle bikes. I mean, there's a many different bike brands, brands yeah. that are all going to be under one parent company Correct. now. So what's that going to mean? I don't know. Billions of dollars in revenue and sales. And does that make them bigger than specialized? I don't know. I, I know that specialized is the, you know, the big gorilla in the room, but I don't know. That's got to mean something that, you know, Cervelo now has that under their cap as well. Well, the Cervelo parent company, Pong, or whatever they're called. Pawn. Pawn. <laughs> I'm, I'm guarantee you I'm pronouncing yeah. that wrong, even though it's only three letters. What do you guys think about <laughs> Cannondale in general? Would you guys have thoughts on that? And, and just a full disclaimer, we are 
We are a, a dealer. dealer. Yep. Yeah, we just haven't been able to get a bike from them in, gosh, over a year now. And it's not looking pretty in the next six months. But, um, you know, we, we are able to get bikes from them. What do you guys think about the brand in general? Well, I've always been a fan of Cannondale. Yeah. I've owned a couple Cannondales. Yeah. Um, hey, but, oh, my gosh, they just, like, fell off the map this year because they got nothing out. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, a bummer. And I mean, they are one of the big four in the world in terms of just individual brands. And that's a good thing. And sometimes not such a good thing. I mean, I do know that when I look at a, a Cannondale side by side, just the frame, you know, you can see where it's a mass product produced bike and you can see some little shortcuts, but it's still a great bike all the way around. And you got good value we'll say yeah. in it um i did kind of get a little bit bummed out when we're you know like all right yeah we're working with cannondale now and then i find out that oh they also sell cannondale at rei <laughs> you know it's just kind of like right i don't want to say it cheapens the brand but it, it kind of devalues it a little bit because it becomes a big box store bike brand that's sitting there for every tom dick and harry to go out and get and, and it's very hard for a small bike shop like us to compete with sure. a big big box store sure right? yeah so i don't know just, I just think this whole thing is just interesting. And I'm curious what's going to happen if they're going to maintain that same business model or if they're going to tighten things up or if they're going to cut people loose or I don't know. Just stay tuned. What's your thoughts, Alan? I I have been very happy with my uh, Super 6 Evo that I ride yeah. uh, on the road. That's right. That's yeah. your road I love, bike. I love that right? bike. Yeah. Absolutely. I do wish I could fit a little fatter tires on it. Uh, I can only fit a 25 in the back. Mine's, sure. a, mine's an older, it's a 2012 model. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely love that bike. And and what Cannondale does do is make a really, really light frame. That Super 6 Evo is yeah. one of the lightest you can get your hands on. So yes. uh, when you have a bunch of weight on your body uh, and you want to get a lighter <laughs> frame to deal with, that's one of that's one of the better ways to the go. weight on I've your body, happy, though, is all <laughs> muscle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still doesn't, some built. of it doesn't help going up the hills. <laughs> Jacked. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I love it. I, I love that bike, and I've got a, a hardtail uh, Cannondale mountain bike as well that I oh, absolutely love. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Very cool. So stay they, tuned there. Right? They make a fantastic cyclocross bike. They, they make yeah. a very good cyclocross bike. They make a very good um, gravel, gravel bike. bike. Yeah. Right. I had one of their cross bikes when I thought I was going to be able to give it a go with the cyclocross, and my shoulder quickly told me, yeah, nope. not so much. So that was very short-lived. I, I had that and probably sold it just as fast as I got it yeah. and jumped over to the gravel. But um, it was a great bike. It does have some little quirky things, but all things being told, it's still a great bike. I, I don't like the fact that the wheel is dished differently than all other wheels. I think it's displaced six millimeters to the it's it's strange yeah that they do that it's just like an asymmetrical geometry that they use in that rear triangle for different reasons and um it's just kind of a bummer if you want to swap wheels with one of your buddies your tire is just going to be sitting you can't do that yeah Yeah. well unless the stays are you know super wide right so but it's just not something you want to be doing no anyway moving on what else is going on in the world of news there was a a big bike racy slash um the Sea Otter Classic yeah. happened this uh, this weekend. It's normally in the spring. Yeah. It was in October this year because yeah. it's been canceled it, for like a year and a half. That kept throwing me for a loop because it's always in April. If I'm it's not always mistaken. in April. And yeah. Like wait, in October. <laughs> so Sea Otter Classic is down in Monterey. Yeah. Yeah, Monterey area. I don't they hold it at the. Is there a racetrack? There's like a like a motorsports racetrack yeah. there, yep. right? Yep. Is it Laguna Seca? I think it is Laguna Seca, yeah. Okay. So, and, and just in case anybody who's listening that listened last week when we had this long conversation about Wahoo and oh, Wahoo yeah. was supposed we to be on the podcast we didn't this week, that. <laughs> they were at Sea Otter 
And oh, Sea Otter, yeah, they're not here. <laughs> um, they were at Sea Otter. They had to get a bunch of questions approved. And, and you know, that's rightfully so. But they were so busy at that that they weren't able to get all of their I's dotted and T's crossed. So they um, had to ask us to push back just a little bit longer. It probably won't be next week because that doesn't work for our schedules, giving some logistical stuff. Maybe the week after that, yep. they will be on. They'll here, be on. That That's the primary reason why they weren't on today. But, of course, we make plans and they fall through because that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. so. So yeah, so back to Sea Otter. Sea Otter is uh, it's one of the bigger industry events that happens besides like interbike. Well, there really isn't an interbike anymore. It's no, just, there's that's, just, that's a good point. There's just Eurobike. So this is like the premier um, expo kind of thing for people to show up to. They uh, they have races there yep. as well, but they are, there's also a big you know industry like like let's show off our new stuff yeah type of thing. yeah there's a lot of stuff that's released or announced there that comes out of that did you know that uh, not that this really matters but the ownership group for sea otter ex- uh, changed as well it went to lifetime fitness it, didn't it i think so or, yeah which also does um they do a lot not, of triathlons they do a lot of triathlons they did Belt. not dirty kansas it's called unbound oh, they unbound. did unbound yeah. this year okay so that's interesting. That yeah, Seattle crazy. To that. Any announcements there? Any new stuff, Mr. Hepler? Well, there was a few tech things that came out. Um, none of it was actually super interesting. Yeah. There is a helmet that, that uh, a company has developed that... It's what called they? CAV, and oh. they 3D print the helmet. They, so you send them your actual like head measurements, and they build a helmet specifically to fit your noggin. That is That's interesting. That's pretty cool. It is. Um, now, what kind of technology is built into that? Are we seeing MIPS or the WG-11 or something similar? Does it have any of the, the information there on that? And does it look cool? And does it look like it's comfortable and lightweight? It's it, like a honeycomb type. It's like type. a honeycomb type. Sure. Um, the foam? Foam. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they which call is it wave different. cell. Wave yeah. cell. So something that Trek was doing. Wasn't Trek doing wave cell yeah, something with a helmet? They got a lawsuit was, attached yeah. to that yeah, because never mind. of the claims. Sorry, Trek. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is an exhilarating podcast because um, you can't see exactly <laughs> what we're talking <laughs> can't see about. What we're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a cool. The company is KAV, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a startup. Uh, the helmet does look pretty cool. Uh, it's it's different. Yeah. What else? What else was? Unveiled. Uh, there's a company called Moonsport that came up with a um, with a bike mount that has a headlight attached to it. So like a computer out front mount. With yeah, a, computer. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I said that totally wrong. No, it's a bike computer with a light built in. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. a. It's like it's just it's the bike computer mount with a light built in. Yeah, it's rechargeable, which is kind of cool. Did it say how many lumens it was? No. I'd be curious to see what that is. If it was like 200, it's like, yeah, that's just your daytime hey, one, runner. One watt is what it says. One watt, huh? Uh, yeah. You see, the information they have given us is... is Limited. Poor. <laughs> guess we need to go to Seattle next year. This is great. <laughs> We're going to have to just This go. is great. This is yeah. a great ex- expose of the sea otter tech. Uh, they also have a, a set of pedals with uh, lights built in as well. So. Like flat pedals. People who like uh, city riders commuters who ride yeah. commuters have flat pedals. There's now, like It looks like on. it's got the rear light on the back and the front light on the front. Like what happens if you spin it over? Flip it upside Don't down. Don't do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got to look down at your pedals and try <laughs> not to crash into <laughs> something. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
All right. Uh, there's a seat post that has some uh, um, suspension in it, which now, that's been around. Yeah. It, this might be a different It's company. got like a, a pivot kind of thing in there, spring-loaded or something like that. Now, you did mention that your buddy Ryan Lee, who uh, is a commentator on this every now and then, this, this podcast. He has done some commentating, yes. Yes. Um, he has a hardtail uh-huh. that um, he has one of these, uh, like, little spring-loaded uh, seat posts that give just a little bit of flex to your to Cool sheet. or janky? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Jerry's still out? No. And Jerry's still out. Yeah. I, you know, if you, if you can get a hardtail for like 1500 bucks and then get a little bit more suspension with a seat post like this, that's pretty affordable. Yeah. Whereas to get a really decent full suspension bike, it's like five grand. Right? Yeah. It says it's got 20 millimeters of travel. So that's something. Speaking of full suspension bikes, did you happen to catch the video that Dylan Johnson put out this morning? I did not see that. Uh, Dylan Johnson did a video and started to break down the science on energy loss uh, between a hardtail and a full suspension mountain bike. What do you think he came up with? There's there's definitely energy loss in a in a full suspension. No? Nope. You did kidding all me. Now, granted, it was a a soft science experiment that he did and he did reference an article that was put together back in I think 2000 but he he said it's worth looking further into that the the energy loss that we think that we are losing when we are on the mountain bike that has got full suspension versus the mountain bike that's got full suspension with a lockout was near identical with his different trial uh, different runs he went out and did a bunch of different like tests on the same hill there was no wind conditions granted there are still some variables that are going to be at play there and then he just did different ones where it was locked out and he would be seated and standing and then he would do uh, the same thing uh, with it unlocked and yeah, doing the same hill and was maintaining the same um, 250 watts and he did I think it was like 12 or some odd sets of this and the difference was none it was exactly the same there was one little wow. thing one little caveat and he did say that it could just be based on him warming up or just getting further into doing the repetitions but the heart rate was slightly higher when he was riding it unlocked he was i think one or no about two beats higher if i'm not mistaken but he was just saying that he does typically see a little bit of increased heart rate after like the course or once you know you've gotten further into your workout yeah so i just i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting he said the major difference between a full suspension mountain bike that's um full squish versus like a hardtail because people think that if they're riding a hardtail you're just going to ascend better right he said the main difference is just really weight and you have to kind of pick and choose accordingly but you have to also keep it in mind or keep into consideration that when you're on a full suspension mountain bike the advantages you get once you get out on trails or when you're dealing with undulations and roots and rocks even, and all this even stuff. the flat just, stuff if it's bumpy yeah it's just yeah. maintaining yeah. traction so i don't know just sorry for this little tangent i just thought that was an interesting little little video i didn't watch it i just listened to it on the way into work today so oh, that's um, funny yeah okay yeah that's pretty interesting sorry. because there's there's always a debate with like simpler mountain bike courses where yeah. it's better to do a hardtail or a full suspension well it's kind of interesting if you look at a lot of the the mountain bike pros i mean granted some of the stuff they ride on it's quite a bit more technical but even when it's not quite as technical they're almost always choosing the full suspension cross-country yes. mountain bike right and I, that's made me wonder i'm like why would you go with that bike that weighs two three four pounds more than the hardtail that you can be riding i don't know because you can rip the descent faster yeah you know yeah. anyway back to sea otter i don't you see anything <laughs> yeah. else in that article that was uh, interesting there's a couple more companies uh coming out with uh tire liners uh tanis has a new tubeless compatible foam liner 
Okay. Uh, and it's pink. So these are like inserts. These are inserts. Like the Kush Core. So like Kush yeah. Core. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else? <laughs> yeah. I, We're both like thumbing yeah. through this going, so, eh. Yeah. And that was eh. the thing. It's like Seattle, usually something cool comes out of that. Or you'll hear about some cool things coming out of Interbike. Or, you know, you'll you'll see like the, the things that are announced. And there wasn't really anything that was shocking. So it was kind of a bummer because that's... You know, something that we want to hear about leading into the holiday season or stuff that we want to put on our radar for going into the next year of bike racing and riding. And there wasn't a whole heck of a lot out there. So maybe the, the manufacturers are going to just do their own independent um, announcements for stuff that they're going to be releasing. I'm guessing. Yeah, I hope so. Where are you going to Alan? Uh, the other thing on here is a DT Swiss uh, dropper post for cross-country mountain bikes. Yeah. Uh, looks like a another uh, entry into the dropper post market. Cool. More the merrier. Yes. And Lance, you did say that something about SRAM, but I think that's been announced. The Explorer they have, group set. There's now a, they have a gravel group set, yeah. and maybe that's been out for a little while. Yeah. But it is still wireless, yep. which is great. But they have a specific uh, cassette and uh, uh, that that goes better with it all together. Gotcha. So. And they've also got a dropper post for the gravel bikes, and they've also got a, a, um, a suspension fork for gravel bikes as yeah. well, which is kind of interesting there's like a, a melting of um mtb and gravel for the people that are a little bit more enthusiastic about that right. more technical stuff off-road which is a lot of fun for those bikes so it sure does make them fun yep all right let's move on into the world of riding your bike online everybody's favorite thing oh, swift man. oh freaking swift <laughs> you can smell it <laughs> uh, does not like the smell of swift i, I, I tolerate it at best <laughs> um they're gonna be doing a uci sanctioned race now is a uci world championship. championship yeah is this the first one i know that they've had some big races before in the past but is this the first one i is don't that the know the first one alan uh, you know what i don't know is if this is actually the first official uci esports all right. Uh, While event, we figure that part out, when is it? Uh, so it's going to take place uh, February 26th of 2022. Okay. Uh, on Zwift, it's the New York course, which includes the New York KOM, which, which is, is brutal. Yeah. It's got a, a, a gradient of 17 degrees. What's the so average gradient? The average it? is 6.1%. Sure. And then it tips all the way up to 17% in sections. Nice kickers in there. It hurts. Yep. Yeah. It's two laps of that course. Okay. Uh, so it's 34 miles. Okay. Um, and 944 meters of vertical ascent. Uh, vertical which i forgot what that comes out to in feet it's like three thousand yeah feet close to that yeah that's that's a tough little ride it's it's gonna be a pretty serious uh course will you guys do any racing this winter on zwift I, you know some people don't like zwift i actually love it so that's what i do in the winter time if, if it's raining outside and i don't have like people to go join up with if yeah. i'm not near you guys because i know you guys go ride in the rain all the time but i will just jump on my bike uh in in the trailer more often than not in my in my <laughs> yeah. fifth wheel uh in the kitchen yeah and yeah i just i just uh jump on my bike and sometimes i'll have an event that i'm trying to join up so i'll check ahead of time and sure. and pick the event i want to do for some of you that might have sounded a little odd that alan lives in a fifth wheel but there's <laughs> There's a good reason for that. You work for the National Guard, right? I work for the Oregon Air National Guard. Yeah. Um, and uh, my my station that I work at now, I'm full-time with them, uh, is out in uh, Warrenton, Oregon. Which is near um, Astoria. Which is right Astoria. Astoria. Yep. Yeah. And so I live in my fifth wheel during the week, uh -huh. and then uh, and then I come back home to my wife and kids in Camas on the weekends. Yeah. It's awesome. 
So yeah, so there's lots of time spent in the fifth wheel, and so you have a you you have a you have a bike set up in your kitchen. Yeah, so the you know uh, <laughs> they have you know campers usually have the you know the living kitchen dining area yep. is all one room. Uh, so my bike is set up right in front of the couch, kind of between the couch and like the oven and the fridge. <laughs> Uh, so I can I can ride my bike on the trainer. I've got a kicker sure. uh, that my bike is mounted on. I've got a little tray in front of it where I set my laptop. Yep. Uh, and then I, I usually hook up a HDMI cable to the TV uh, so that I can watch the race on my TV instead of the laptop. Yep. I, think uh, I can reach into my fridge and grab snacks. The fridge is within yeah. arm's length. Yeah, it's great. Lance is over here plotting and scheming his setup in his van. <laughs> um, you were, I think, the first one one of the first ones that I knew to actually do an Eversting on Swift. I did that oh my uh, in February uh, on Leap Day last year. Wow. Yeah, I was I was actually down in Florida. The weather was great, uh, but there was a big group of people that were doing a virtual Eversting. Yeah, um, on on Leap Day. Um, and so I decided uh, that I was going to try and make that happen, and, and I did. Yeah, and it was it was rough. Right. That took how long? So it took me uh, like 15 hours and I think like 40-ish minutes. Oh, my gosh. Um, 16 hours on the trainer, just yeah. doing laps of Alpe de Zwift, yeah, I'm just guessing? Yeah, Alpe de Zwift. Yep. It was up, like about 10 down. trips up that up thing? Down. Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. Like when you're going out at full gas and you're you're not, not full not gas, full but you're gas. going pretty good. No, <laughs> it takes you about an hour, depending oh, upon gotcha. who you are. Right. I gotcha. If yeah. you're trying to pace yourself, it's going to be quite a few. Yeah. Hours, so I think or I, like an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. Averaging. It, was a, it was averaging around an hour and a half per lap. Yeah. That was. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to know if I want to dig into the, the psychological <laughs> part of that, but um, good for you, yeah, man. Good on you. Yeah, it was brutal. It yeah. was really good zone two work, and I couldn't walk afterwards. And trying to, it's funny the in the fifth wheel because I was in the fifth wheel for that. Wait, uh, you're in Florida in uh -huh. the fifth wheel? Yeah, wasn't it? Nasty muggy. I guess it was February. Uh, I had the AC. So my trailer's got oh. three ACs. Okay. <laughs> I had them set to 63 degrees that day. Okay. That's brilliant. <laughs> it was nice inside. Yeah. And I was still sweat. I was sweating buckets and drinking Gatorade and water all day long. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, anything else on Swift? Well, it's just funny. I mean, it's interesting to see what they do for the rules with yep. the UCI World Championship because it's it's easy to fake weight on, sure. on that. So I wonder if they're going to do it live it's gonna have to be live for the actual championship they'll be in a we're like the a, a 40 people point. that make the make the championship race they do a qualifying event to make the championship race but the 40 people are actually all in a building together riding next to each other yeah and they're gonna be on the on same their, trainer probably same network yeah, same yep. network they probably have to weigh in right before the race so that it's set legitimately yeah, yeah. was it justin wagner we were talking to about this when we got into talking about some of the racing in general on swift and how they use different servers and and everybody's kind of in the same land but they're like they're connected different ways so that can create some uh, little idiosyncrasies or some little like variance that, that minor that, variance that can make like a quarter second difference which makes a difference yeah. in racing exactly swift racing so i'm guessing here that if swift's a part of this they're going to probably have their platform on some dedicated server and it's all going to be networked in and everything's going to be like hunky-dory and they're not going to have like you know internet connectivity issues and you know with the, the newer trainers out there you can hardwire them so that you're right. you're not dealing with these issues and even at home now you can do that you can hardwire the new kicker it's got a port that you can plug in a cat five cable and oh, run it straight to nice. your, your router so you're not dealing with uh, wi-fi issues well that's interesting yeah so i don't know i'm sure that they're gonna you know 
do all of the little things to make sure that there's not a problem there. Yeah, I think they'll make sure it runs pretty smooth. Yeah. Do we it's kind of a big deal? Do we see this being a big thing? Do do people care? Um I think it's growing. I think it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, there's a lot of people riding on Swift all the time. Yeah. My hesitation says no, that people don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I think enough people will care that it will. I mean, Zwift is just growing. Yep. It's just growing. These online platforms are getting, I mean, Peloton just they friggin' exploded. Yep. So, so many more of the, like, not the cycling population, but the general population got on Pelotons, which is fantastic. Yeah. But a lot of those people don't like ride bikes outside. No. I think I think Zwift people are people who bike outside, but they use Zwift or the trainer to, you know, improve their... Yeah. What I like seeing stuff. is just all of the people that would normally just put their bike away in October. Right. In the Pacific Northwest, when the rain starts to come down, it's usually sometime in October and it really doesn't start getting nice outside until like late March, early April. And so they just pretty much hang their bike up. They don't they might go out a couple times, right. but they lose all of their fitness. And then they end up having to spend their whole springtime trying to get fit just to go do a couple nice rides in the summertime. And it just hit that cycle over and over again. Right. People jumping on Zwift now are experiencing new fitness that they've never had before. They're dipping their toe into the water of um, bike racing, and they're doing group rides, and they're they're really starting to fall in love with the sport. So that part, I really do appreciate it. And you know, for me, I, I haven't ridden my bike outside in it's about two weeks now. And that's not yeah. because I don't want to. Yeah. It's because I'm having some pretty significant shoulder pain issues again. And it's just, it's killing me. But it, it still allows me to go have some connection to some semblance of riding a bicycle. Right. I can jump on my road bike and I can be on Zwift and I can do my thing. It's not fun. It's not what I want to do. I'd rather be out at the cyclocross races with you. But you know what? It's better than nothing. Right. So, yeah. I will say we have a teammate, Scott Carroll. He lives down in Corvallis area. All winter long, he Zwift races. Yes. He does Zwift races almost every day or several times a week. Um, And he is in my age group. And we raced on the mountain bike uh, together uh, several times. I never beat him. Yeah, he's freaking strong. <laughs> strong as hell. And it really develops a motor. Yeah. I was like three seconds off yeah. at one race, when but you, I never beat him. When you go do the race, that's a whole different paradigm than just doing a training program. And, and you get into that mindset of like, I'm going to push myself harder than I would do by myself. So yeah. if you really want to sharpen yourself up, go jump on a couple of Zwift races or join our uh, our dialed group rides. Those are usually pretty fun too. And right. those are going to be starting up tomorrow, believe it or not. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. I was going to ask. The uh, the announcement hasn't gone in. I, I guess we'll Ooh. spoil half of my one last thing. But um, Well, it, we'll this we'll, won't come out until after that. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll get all the bugs out of the way for the first Uh-oh. week back in in season five of us doing this, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, you, anybody can come join us on that ride. It's a lot of fun. I will be joining those group rides yeah. and I will use Zwift all winter long yep. regardless. Just if the sun is out, I'll be outside. But yep. if, um, but otherwise I, I will reactivate my account. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, unless you guys have anything else to share on Zwift, you want to move on to these last couple ones real quick so sure. you guys can scoot along. Um, specialized. They have a little recall going on right now. What's going on with Specialized? Specialized is recalling their Tarmac SL7 bikes. Um, It is a voluntary recall. There is an issue where, uh, let's see here, stress of the headset may initiate a crack in the fork's steer tube. Son of a biscuit eater! (laughs) That would suck. (laughs) You do not want... 
your fork to break while you're riding it. And and obviously something has happened and yeah. it's happened enough times that they have decided it is worthy of a voluntary recall. Yeah, usually when it's voluntary, it's one of those things where it is kind of piddly dink, but they're doing the whole CYA thing and they just want to make sure that all of these things are taken care of. I know that BMC had an issue with their forks back in 2018 and yep. there was just a handful. And like I was talking with them and nothing ever came of it in the, the North America area. It, yep. it was like one or two incidents over in Europe and they just decided, you know what, it's better for us to play the safe card. And they had everybody that had a fork that fell within a certain serial number range, send it back in and they sent you a brand new they one. And it was, them. you know, something that they took care of. So, I'm yep. sure that Specialized is probably in the same boat. Sucks that they're having that happen to them. Um, but if you're riding one of those, it might not be a bad idea to go see your dealer and get that thing swapped out. Yes. All right. Um, anything else? We did Seattle. We did Zwift. We did uh, the racing stuff, Specialized, Cannondale. One other thing I got. You guys got anything else? No. Did you guys hear that Filippo Ghana might be taking a stab at the one-hour record oh, in 2022? I did see that. Wow. Do you think that he's going to have... Dude, he is an animal. Yeah. That guy can... He He, can time trial. Oh, yeah. So that would be fantastic. Wasn't there somebody that just recently... Took a stab at it? Took a stab at it, but they weren't on like the WADA list, so his, his attempt was not official. Really? Because they couldn't ever... Like, he wasn't registered with... The you know the World Anti Doping Association, so they, so verify they couldn't verify that he was truly clean. Well, if he was clean, he can go do it again, yeah. right? He's got a good feel for it now, and take another stab. But but Felipe Ghana has a UCI license, so he is on the water list. Yep. Yeah. Do you have the details on that thirty minute effort that he put down? No, I don't. Go okay. for it. Well, I don't have I don't have the full details on it, but uh, it looks like he just recently did a a thirty minute effort, and that's kind of what led people to believe that he's going to be going for the one hour and you don't have the details I don't, oh geez i'd be curious to see what those uh those stats look like i mean it's got to be north of 400 watts for the 30 minute effort given how strong that guy is it's just absolutely bonkers it's amazing what bike is he riding the the specialized is that what he's on i don't know no, we got lots of, I don't know, sir. <laughs> Granted, I did just drop that in your lap, and maybe it was me that should have uh, jotted down these uh, these answers to the yeah, questions. So he averaged fifty-seven point five kilometers an hour for a thirty-minute test after the gyro. Wow, gyro, gyro, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lance. Fifty-seven point five. Yeah, I'm helping Lance <laughs> out here. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Just while you guys are looking up some of those stats, what do you say? Do you think he breaks it? Um, yes. You're going to say yes? Alan, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. If he does it, you don't know, huh? Uh, I mean, he's got a shot. He's definitely got a shot. He's strong. Yeah. I'm going to say he does. I I think that when that guy has the spotlight on him and he's under the microscope and everybody's looking, I think that he just, he's got the the prowess to to make it happen. So I'm going to say, yeah, he's going to do it. Don't they usually like go to Mexico City to do that at the velodrome where it's at like seven thousand feet and the air is a little bit thinner and um possibly, yeah. I think that that's I one of the places that they Bradley go to. Wiggins but did it. you start getting into the hypoxia situation where if you're kind of if you're just holding watts and you're you're not doing like the big bursts where you're suffering. I don't know. That's he held thirty five point seven miles an hour for thirty minutes. <laughs> 
Could you imagine if he showed up to like, <laughs> like my full sprint? <laughs> my full sprint for like eight seconds is like 35 miles an hour, and he did it for 30 minutes. Yeah, like when we do like the, just say like the local Jack Frost, which is just a, a 20 kilometer race, and it usually takes. You know, if you're super fast, you're in the 26, 27 minute time. And those guys are going like 28 miles an hour. You know, granted, he's on a velodrome. And he's on a velodrome. No he's wearing a speed suit and all that other stuff. Track but, bike. Yeah, the only, yeah. <laughs> what do you think that guy holds if he goes out and does shows up at like a local little race, like a little 20K? I mean, oh my everybody's like, ooh, look at me. I was 27, 20, 29 miles an hour. Like, you know, Evan and, and, and Chris Handel that have the that KOM out there at Frenchman's Bar, they're yeah. like 28 and change. It's like 28 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, for like a 14 mile segment. Yeah. yeah. So he shows up and he probably what puts down 32 miles an hour. It <laughs> just absolutely yeah. obliterates yeah. everyone. That's, that's otherworldly. That's pretty amazing. These pros are no joke. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, thanks for the, uh, the news there champ. And, um, we'll say Brian Fantana, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Fantana, our other awesome. 60% of the time. It, it works, works every, every time. time. Awesome. Let's jump into one last thing. Lance, what you got? Um, I'm going to go race in Utah. If my back doesn't completely like, implode, like on. Do. that's what I do. I'm going to jump in my van and was it three races you have? There's, there's a weeknight series on Tuesday nights in the Provo Orem area. Sure. And so I'm going to try to hit that race tomorrow night. Cool. Uh, and then Utah Cyclocross has a race in Ogden uh-huh. um, on Saturday. So um, I am going to hit that. I'm, I'm going there to spend some time with my son. It's his 26th birthday. Yeah. And his girlfriend and my uh, my daughter, Kelty, is also there. So I'm going to spend some time with them and do some family stuff. And so that's... You're leaving the missus and the, the pup behind? I'm leaving the dog to uh, keep... The wife company. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go. So yeah, they're gonna stick around here, and I'm headed out. Sweet, cool. I had major reservations of going because the Washougal yes. race is coming up this coming weekend. It's gonna be a big race, and yes. we're really trying to help um, Scott Schultz, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and um, Zone Five make that thing be a, a hit. We're gonna be providing all the volunteers, the the pit work. Uh, we've yep provided a bunch of course tape for them and yep. just we're going to be out there just really kind of helping it make it be a successful race and that's a fun place fun venue it's too, a great so. place for a venue i did um talk to scott quite a bit about it. he's excited it, things are coming together i heard people talking about the race at the races great. this weekend yeah so that was also very yeah. good and cool to hear very cool so. yep we'll miss you out there thanks i know that back. was my major reservation in going was <laughs> yeah missing Washougal. <laughs> Fair enough. Alan, what, one last thing from you. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be going out doing Washougal. Uh, one last thing for me is I plan to have some uh, tire liners, some Cushcore tire yeah. liners in my uh, in my tires this weekend. Uh, run a little lower pressure with that. We made Should a video a on time. that. Did a little bit of a walkthrough on the installation process a bit and kind of just talked about them in general. We did? Um, yeah, if you check that out. You'll like YouTube's. it. I, yeah. uh, I've been racing with Cushcore in my cyclocross uh, tubeless tires for the last couple years, yeah. or a year and a half, or something like that, yep. and um, I've never flatted Yeah, I'm excited. Ever. I'm excited to run a little little lower pressure. I should yeah. be able to cut about 4 to 5 PSI from the pressure that yeah. I'm running, Good. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And then uh, I also plan to post a video from the championship race on Sunday uh-huh. at Bridge City oh, uh, to cool. my YouTube channel. So right. I'm going to probably put the full video out uh, initially, and then I'll edit it down to 10 or 
10 or so minute uh more fun to watch okay you can do some commentary on that as well uh, i don't know about that we'll see we'll see we'll see where i get this week uh, if you need to come plug it into the system here we can have some fun with that <laughs> very cool Excellent. that's all i got all right um my one last thing is i'll just touch upon the the one uh, the washugal race just a little bit more um like i already mentioned we're going to be supporting that quite a bit but um we can always use more volunteers um this is going to come out on wednesday and if you hear it there's a good chance that we can still use your help um we do have a uh sign up genius account set up and yes. it's got volunteer spots that you can plug into and help out with different things throughout the course of the day. Um, one other thing is Scott is graciously having anybody that's brand new to cyclocross that's never raced before. He's having them come out and he's going to comp their race fee. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. So if you're interested in that, definitely uh, touch base and, and I will get you connected or I guess because Lance is gone, it will be me getting you connected <laughs> with uh, with Scott and you can get yourself signed up to do the Washougal race. Otherwise, what is the cost for those races these days? Is about what, 40, 45 bucks, 35 bucks somewhere I there? I think so. I yeah. think it's, it's 35 if you sign up online, but sure. it's 40 day of. Gotcha. Yeah. And it will be out there at the Washougal motocross um, course. That's a big, big property. Big and property. There like will an be, 80 acre property yeah. so there'll be another event going on there but that's the nice thing about this property is it's so big that you can have multiple events going on there so it should be fun there is some um that other event might not be happening oh really so oh. there's still a question where the other event is actually going to happen or not so it'd be good if it didn't don't be spooked off if there's another event because it might not even yeah but happen. the property is so big even if it was going off it's not a big deal at all um what else is going on with that race there was something else i wanted to talk about but that doesn't really matter Oh, uh, if you want to actually do the race and sign up for the race, it's posted up on Obra. So if you go to Obra.org, you can Obra. go there Org. and see the flyer. You can do the registration thing. You can, um, if you're not an Obra member, you can get a one-day license, I think, for free or five it's bucks $5. or something. It's yep. cheap. And you can get yourself set up there to do that. Um, there's races all day long. There's different age groups. There's single-speed stuff. Um, and, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And if you want to come hang out, we'll have the dial tent set up. And the thing that I was going to ask you was, what does the weather look like for this weekend? That was what I was curious about. I haven't seen a weather forecast for this week, so I don't know if we're looking at some nice days or if it's going to go to absolute crap again. It looks like it's going to rain. There's a, there's a possibility for rain. Nice. Like at this point, there's a 50% <laughs> chance of rain in the area. 60% of the time, it rains all the Every time. time. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Alan, we appreciate you joining us today. And Thanks for having me. Always fun to have you on here and have you back. Lance, enjoy your drive to Utah. Thanks. Take care of your back. Do you need anything for that back? I probably need a lot of things for that. <laughs> yeah, drugs. Uh, I'll take drugs. I could use some drugs for my shoulder right now, too. So you need to go find a good doctor or something. All right, well, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Until then, bye for now. Bye.